Good morning for King's Crusting, Jennifer Stone reporting. I'm going to talk about Christopher Flannery. He was known as a hitman, bodyguard, involved in the Sydney gang wars. He links to being involved, as the police say, for 12 plus more murders. But is that right? Well, we don't know. He was flamboyant. He was hanging around town. He was linking into allegedly Roger Rogerson. So he went missing and that's why he's in my books. And Juanita Nelson says the skull beside her is Chris. So we'll see whether we're right. So he was classified as a murderer by the police but never convicted of any murder. And that seems strange in my mind that the police could never get the evidence on him. So we'll tell you a bit about his life because it was interesting. So his date of birth is 1949 and most of his victims, they say, are men. But is that true? I don't know. Some say he was the enforcer or the protector. Others say he was just a man around town. So he went missing, believed murdered on the 9th of May, 1985. Now, Juanita Nelson went missing in 1975. So we're talking about 10 years later. And then allegedly his skull got put beside Juanita. So there's a difference in time frames. So that period just before Juanita goes missing links into a note in Flannery's file. 1974, Flannery and two other men were alleged to have committed an armed robbery on a David Jones store in Perth. They were arrested in Sydney by former detective Roger Rogerson. It has been alleged that Flannery paid a bribe to Rogerson to escape conviction. Flannery was extradited to Perth but acquitted at trial. However, he was jailed on an outstanding Victorian warrant for rape. Doesn't sound like he got out of it, did he? But for him to get arrested by Roger Rogerson in 74... He must have been in New South Wales. And then we'll link to the King's Cross. So on release from prison, he became a bouncer at Mickey's Disco, which was a massage parlour in St Kilda. And then from there, allegedly, as the police say, one of his first jobs was the murder of a barrister, Roger Anthony Wilson. You think the police would have got it on him? You think they would have been able to get the evidence? So it was reported in August 1980, Flannery, Mark, Alfred Clarkson and John Henry Williams were arrested and charged with Wilson's murder. Wilson's body has never been found. The police allege that the trio had forced him off the road, abducted him and taken him to Packham where Flannery took him into the bushes to shoot him. Hmm. So we've got a body missing. That seems to connect. Flannery is said to have missed and Wilson bleeding profusely from a head wound 
tried to escape. Hmm. Okay, so in 1981, Flannery was acquitted. He left the court. Detectives from New South Wales arrested him on the murder of Sydney brothel owner Raymond Francis Lizard Loxley, who had been murdered at Menai on May 11th, 1979. In 1982, a jury failed to reach a verdict and a retrial was adjourned until April 18, 1984. Flannery was subsequently acquitted. After his acquittal, Flannery bought a house in Arncliffe and brought his wife Kathleen and children up from Melbourne. Flannery went to work as a bodyguard for the crime figure George Freeman. George Freeman links as the bookie for King's Cross. His bets, if he told you a bet to bet on a horse, had a 99% success rate of winning. That's pretty good odds. In 1984, uh, Flannery links into the gang wars and he's allegedly sided with Nettie Smith. Well, Nettie Smith is in Long Bay Prison at the moment. Still alive, but um, he's quite sick with Parkinson's. And Nettie Smith has had a long um, linkage to allegedly Roger Rogerson. But the interesting part is they are both at Long Bay Prison. Now, Smith claims that Flannery became paranoid and was running around shooting at anyone he thought had anything to do with allegedly Barry McCain or Tom Donican. Now, would that be a reason why he went missing in 1985? Mm. So, he claims that the police attempted to negotiate the end of the wars. Well, of course they would claim. Flannery told a high-ranking police officer, you're not a protected species, you know. You're not a effing koala bear. Wow. So on the 6th of June, 1984, Flannery is alleged to have been the gunman in the attempted execution of Sydney Drug Squad detective Mike Jury. But what about if he was the driver in that case and the actual gunman was somebody he knew, then that gunman could also have been the person that allegedly has murdered Flannery. That makes sense. That fits. Body goes missing. That keeps the evidence hidden. Well, you've got to look at the reason why someone could get murdered. Now, there's a whole heap of stuff that went down regarding the shooting of Mick Drury. So Roger Rogerson was tried over it. He was charged. But the alleged heroin dealer, Alan Williams, later testified that Flannery had attempted to bribe Drury through Roger Rogerson in order to get the charges against Williams dismissed. When Drury rejected repeated attempts of bribery, Williams claims he agreed to pay Flannery and Rogerson 50000 each to murder Drury. 
On what he thought was his deathbed, Drury told detectives he believed he was shot because of the Melbourne job. But remember, Mick, Mick Drury is still alive. As Flannery and his wife walked towards their house, January 27, 1985, now it wasn't that long after, the house was sprayed with 30 shots from an armlet rifle. No one was seriously injured, though Flannery was shot through the hand as he pushed his wife's head down and he suffered some other minor abrasions. Flannery blamed Tom Donican for that, who was later charged and convicted of attempted murder, but the conviction was overturned on appeal. Now, it's interesting, Tom Donegan was in the brothel, a brothel in King's Cross, and I saw him. He didn't say a word, but I did see him in November 2011. So why would he be there? Why show your face? That then would make me link, would make me think, this brothel has evidence hidden. Would it be evidence that could unravel further mysteries within the murders? And would Christopher Flannery be one of those? I believe it will be. So when it, the day on his um, alleged disappearance, Flannery leased an apartment at the Concord building, which was close to the CIB headquarters at the time. Doesn't mean you're protected. On May the 9th, 1985, he received a phone call from Freeman instructing Flannery to meet him. Flannery went to the garage but found his new car would not start. Allegedly, it had been touched up. Now, he rushed back to the apartment to call Freeman who told him to catch a cab. But then, allegedly, some say he was picked up by Roger Rogerson and Nettie Smith that day. Would that be true? Would they be dropping him off somewhere? And they would not be the murderer. So that would um, allow them to say, we saw him alive, but hey, we didn't murder him. And, yeah, you start to think, he didn't get to, to Freeman's house. So the coroner found on June the 6th, 1997, New South Wales coroner Greg Glass handed down the finding that Flannery was murdered, most probably on or about May 9, 1985. Glass also found that the key to solving his murder lies with former detective Roger Rogerson. So on the 22nd of February, 2004, Roger Rogerson reportedly said Flannery was a complete pest. The guys up here in Sydney tried to settle him down. They tried to look after him as best they could. But he was, I believe, out of control. Maybe it was the Melbourne instinct coming out of him. He didn't want to do as he was told. He was out of control. And having overstepped that line, well, I suppose they said he had to go. But I can assure you I had nothing to do with it. Interesting. I believe he probably didn't have anything to do with shooting the bullet. 
for Flannery. But I'm sure he knows who did. And I'm sure he's probably sitting in his cell thinking about all this horror that has happened all over Sydney and wondered, when will the police get to the end? Because then they'll find the gun that did Jamie Gayer and it will show that my fingerprints aren't on it. Now, I think that's what Rogerson is hoping for because I think he thinks when the brothel is searched, he will walk from prison. I doubt it. I hope that there's enough evidence to convict him of another life sentence or so. Anyway, so the links to Melbourne and Sydney are very connected and interwoven, even to Perth, because before Juanita Nelson went missing, uh, there was Shirley Briffman murder and the madam in Perth that interlinks. And it's interesting that you need a hitman, you need to move from Perth to Sydney and never get caught. So you need a copper in your back pocket, just like Mouse has told me time and time again. So days, days after um, Christopher Flannery didn't come home, Catherine, Kathleen Flannery claimed she was offered 50000 by allegedly Roger Rogerson. Now, 50000 would be, you know, it could be hush money, it could be to help her. I don't think he did the murder. I think he was being genuine in offering the money. Where did the money come from? She turned down the money. And she's now a lawyer in New Zealand. Interesting. Maybe that protects her. So, Rogerson, at the Cricketers Club in Sydney, the day before Flannery went missing, had a meeting between the two men and two Sydney detectives. It was suspected that Rogerson arranged the meeting to be secret, to allow Flannery home and find out where he was hiding after an attempt on his life. So Flannery was hiding. So it is listed in the police running sheets, a murder task force, which was set up to investigate the bloody killings in 1984 to 85 to heroin dealer Tony Spaghetti, who had sold Flannery a pistol. Danny Chubb, who controlled a heroin network, and the drug dealer Barry McCain. And SP Booker and armed robber Mick Sayers, but an armed robber is a bit different. Flan Rogerson was at the height of his police career when he arrested Flannery and two other men in 1974, but now he's in Long Bay jail and trying to get out on appeal. It's interesting, the highs and the lows and how they link into the armed hold-up gang, which in the police force is called the stick-ups. It's interesting. So 
George David Freeman meeting. Now that linked to an eastern bathhouse in Coochie where Freeman passed on racing tips for Flannery. That wouldn't be a reason why he got murdered. And nor why his body went missing. You know, um, Tony Usain Anderson, he was shot dead in Uncliff in April 1985. And there were links to that, but, oh, I don't know. Maybe that's one of the murders, allegedly, they think Christopher Flannery did. Don't know. So... Christopher Flannery was called Mr. Rentakill. <laughs> Others have had that name too. Must be just a position within the gang. So he left with a loaded .38 caliber pistol into his waistband of his tracksuit and walked out of the apartment, carrying a passport in a false name and either $50 or 40000 depends who was talking of the story. You know, it's interesting that they haven't found his body. And it's interesting that Mrs Flannery related that she had been offered the 50000 by a policeman on behalf of George Freeman to atone for the loss of her husband. She declined the money. In the recorded interview with police October 1st, 1986, she indicated the police officer was Roger Rogerson and said she thought that he would have made the offer on the authority of Lenny McPherson, not Freeman. So they say if Rogerson was making an offer of fifty thousand, he was probably given a hundred thousand. Fifty thousand fraud to take. Interesting. So the state coroner Greg Glass found Flannery had been betrayed by someone he trusted, and that evidence was that Rogerson was involved or at least knew what happened. Interesting that the skull beside Renita will be Christopher Flannery. So who had an armlet? And it was a 9 mil shooting. So that shot at Mike Drury and Christopher Flannery in January 1985. Who would that person be that would then come up in rank when the enforcer died? Disappeared. The murder investigation stops because it's not a murder. It's a person gone missing. And it's very easy for them to shut it down because the person is over 18. You know, you're allowed to just walk out of your life and walk into another life. And the police say nothing. All the leads go dead and the case is shut. 
you know, though it stays, remains open, in most circles of the police force, it's never really looked at again. So it'd be interesting to know who shot Flannery. There will be someone that came into the brothel. Thanks for listening to me. Jennifer Stone reporting for the King's Cross Sting.